Hi everyone, I'm Pastor Eric. And I'm Kelsey. And we're here to welcome you back to another exciting episode of The Good News in Harry Potter. Today we're going to be talking about Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Chapter 9, Grim Defeat. So Kelsey, what did you like about this chapter? I really liked Ron in this chapter, specifically um, during Defense Against the Dark Arts when Snape is substitute teaching. Yeah, I get that, right? You know, Ron doesn't have many chances to shine in this book or any book for that matter. But yeah. he, he stepped up here. Yeah, we definitely bag on Ron a lot in this podcast. But here we see him defend Hermione when Snape is basically getting mad at Hermione for answering his question. He gets detention for it. But what I think is so great about it in this moment is that up until this point in the book, Ron and Hermione have been pretty much in tension with each other over the cat, which, that oh my gosh, cat. I can't think of the cat's name. I'm failing. I'm turning into you. Oh, no. And if we're going to rely on me to remember the cat's name, we are in trouble. Crookshanks. Crookshanks. Oh. There we go. Man. A fallible moment. It's rare. No one's perfect. But over Crookshanks trying to basically, in Ron's opinion, eat scabbers. So up until this point, we haven't seen Ron give Hermione many breaks. But here, when it matters most, he is defending his friend. Yeah. Yeah. It's like underpinning that relationship. Even even amidst all the tension that's been developing throughout this book, that they still kind of like each other. Yes. What was your favorite part? I enjoyed... Percy so much in this chapter for all the wrong reasons. Uh, Percy gets to shine. Finally, uh, he gets a bit of responsibility from Dumbledore. Um, he's got to watch over all the kids. And man, does he wear authority. Yeah. Maybe not so well, but he wears it very confidently. This is clearly all Percy has been waiting for his whole life. Yeah, his whole life has come to this moment. He's He's inserting himself in as an equal or attempting to in a conversation between Snape and Dumbledore. He's commanding the students to do this and do that. And he's loving every second of it. I guarantee you he did not sleep a wink that night. Oh, no. And probably even sat in the headmaster's chair. And I love that then Snape and Dumbledore are talking, and it's clear that Snape is annoyed that Percy's trying to eavesdrop so on their annoyed. conversation, and Percy just does not care. No, no, because Percy has every right to be here. Does Snape not know that he's been entrusted with watching over all of these students? He's head boy. Head boy. I can't believe... It's a big freaking deal. ...that once again, we have a whole wood... Quidditch monologue, and that's not your favorite part. It's just totally outshined by everything else. I mean, it doesn't even, Wood's monologue doesn't even make it in my top two. Wow. <laughs> I know. I love Substitute Snape in this. I never thought I'd see the day that Wood being obsessed with Quidditch would be outshined for you. Yeah. No, Snape, you know, comes in and he finally gets to teach defense against the dark arts, and man, is it a class of just throwing shade. Oh, Every yeah. chance he gets. Yeah, and I think that it's almost even more painful because Defense Against the Dark Arts has been so wonderful for the students this year. They finally have a great professor. They love Lupin. And then Snape just comes in to be curmudgeon Snape. 
I almost wish that they included this moment in the film so I could oh, yeah. see uh, Harry Potter's face fall crestfallen as he enters the classroom late, apologizing to Lupin and then realizing it's Snape. Yeah, we didn't get enough of this scene in the movie for sure. Was there anything else that you liked in this chapter? I mean, you have to laugh at Sir Cadogan becoming the new portrait for the Gryffindor entrance. The bravest painting in all of Hogwarts. I just, I wish that it was included in this chapter because they mention that Sir Cadogan was changing the password sometimes twice a day. And all I could think about was poor Neville, who can never even remember the password when it's lasting for more than a week. I I just, I wish we had a scene of like Neville sitting outside of the common room fighting with Sir Cadogan over like all these different passwords that he's trying to remember. I I think it's a missed opportunity. And definitely Sir Cadogan winning in those encounters. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If you, there's, I mean, maybe you can fault Sir Cadogan here, but he is taking safety and security personally. And he's not going to let what happened to the fat lady happen to him. No. Well, one of the things I thought was really cool in this chapter is how the teachers interact with Harry. Mm -hmm. I mean, we get two great examples of, in McGonagall and Dumbledore. Yeah, I really like that you see Dumbledore caring for Harry, but also the whole school. Um, at the beginning, when they're in the com or in the Great Hall, he fashions up sleeping bags for all the students to sleep comfortably in the Great Hall while keeping them safe, and mentions, you know, Dementors will never enter this school until, as long as I'm here, they're never coming in this school. Um, but I think we see that out of Dumbledore a lot. I really liked McGonagall in this chapter when it comes to Harry's Quidditch practice that, of course, she wants to protect Harry and wants to make sure that he's safe and thinks that, understandably so, him being out on the Quidditch pitch with very minimal supervision is dangerous. But you see that she also understands that Harry is still a kid and a student and an athlete and that he needs to experience these normal aspects of life. I mean, I don't know what she's so worried about. I mean, he's out there on the pitch with the two best beaters that Gryffindor has ever had. Honestly, if anyone could beat Sirius Black, it would be Fred Fred and George with their beater bats. Yeah, I I really appreciate that from McGonagall. As in, it wasn't like in Hogsmeade where she just said no. She understands that this is a big, important part of Harry's life, Mm -hmm. and she tries to make concessions to make him sure that he's safe, but also so that he can continue to have relatively normal experience, if you can have a normal experience as Harry Potter. Yeah, it shows that, obviously, she is a professor, but she also is very much a caregiver. Yeah, and this chapter is really bookended by Dumbledore just being Dumbledore, mm-hmm. right? He's. I remember as I was reading this, I think it's arguably that you could say that this chapter doesn't have a lot of bright moments in it. No, it is correctly named Grim Defeat. Yeah, this is definitely a low point. I mean, even Harry's broom doesn't even make it out of this. His probably most prized possession in the entire world. Yeah, goodbye Nimbus 2000. And 
Dumbledore in the beginning, he takes charge. Even though there is like a murderer that's potentially on the loose, you're never given a sense of terror or worry because everything is under control. And then Mm -hmm. at the end, as Harry falls from his broom, it's still yet again Dumbledore there to slow his descent and make sure that Harry pretty much walks away from that. (laughs) Yeah, it's clear that, you know, this this theme of everything's okay, everybody's safe as long as Dumbledore's there is very prevalent in this chapter. Yeah. And so here we are, and this is Holy Week of 2021, and we're rapidly approaching Good Friday and Easter. And I can't help but think and look at the similarities between these two chapters, right? Both Holy Week and this chapter, they don't have a lot of bright spots. They're full of disappointments and terror and worry and and even death, right? And out of all of that, we get Easter morning. We get a sense that even through these tough struggles, these worst little pits in our day-to-day lives, that there is something else. And maybe in this chapter, it's represented by the teacher's care for Harry. And they're striving to make sure that he's safe and normal. And for us, even in the midst of pandemic and death and disappointment and terror that surrounds our everyday lives, we're constantly gifted this chance by Jesus Christ to be born into something new that even when we look at those crosses on the hillside and they represent everything that we fear in this world, shame, death, terror, loss, fear, that on Easter morn you can gaze at those crosses and know that they have no power over you and no power over Christ. And so even in the midst of what might feel like a low point, Christ is still there holding us up and dragging us along the way. Maybe even better than Percy could. Well, we hope that you all have a great Easter weekend, people of God, listening wherever you are. And may you feel the resurrection new in your lives this week. And we'll see you next week on another exciting episode of The Good News in Harry Potter.